0: The opinions expressed in the
1: following program are those of the producer and not necessarily those of WKTV Community Media. Family owned Palermo Pizza underwrites this episode of Grand Rapids Ghost Hunters Paranormal Podcast located at 901 Gazan Parkway, Southwest Wyoming, and available at 616-531-8300.
2: My uncle's home had a forest nearby. He loved all the animals, so he left his supper scraps outside it was his generous intent to feed every stray that crawled walked or flew his way while visiting my uncle one cool autumn night through the kitchen window my eyes did alight upon those supper scraps in the pan outside i saw such a sight it was terrifying as the moon climbed high in the sky on that cold clear night. The small woodland creatures would not have their meal. It was a Sasquatch I saw gobbling it down with such zeal I bolted the door and my camera, I fetched a photo I must have of this giant wretch. Back into the woods, the Sasquatch lopped with big feet and left me wondering just how long a Bigfoot had been coming to my uncle's to eat. It left a stench in the air, horrid and foul. And as the hairy giant disappeared in the woods, I heard an odd howl.
1: Brought to you by WKATV. I'm Wayne Thomas. Welcome to the 40th episode of Grand Rapids Ghost Hunters podcast. As always, we ask that you please keep an open mind about things that you might not easily believe as we explore the mysterious. This show is all about Bigfoot. As we welcome back our Bigfoot guy, From West Branch, Michigan, Phil Shaw. First, let's check in with my co-host so they can say hi to Phil and uh, tell us a little bit about themselves. Let's start with ladies first.
2: Okay. Hi, I'm Kim Colleen. This is my, what, 38th episode or 37th, something like that. Um, Almost started from the beginning but yeah. as a part of, as a co-host of the Grand Rapids Paranormal Podcast and formally um, founded a Tulip City Ghostbuster group that we did charity work. And so very proud to be here today and very excited to see our buddy, Phil Shaw. And I don't know if you can see him. Can you see my Yeti in the back, Phil? Oh, yeah. yep. <laughs> I got him hiding back there. He's like creeping up on us. Oh, so.
3: Okay.
2: Yeah. They
3: are nice a sneaky to see box. you. <laughs> nice seeing you
0: and I'm Paranormal Investigator Brandon Jose. Do we lose Wayne? I don't know. Well, Phil, we got a lot to talk about. We wanna
1: hear about you. Yeah, we wanna hear about your adventure, your sighting that kind of changed your life. We wanna hear about the recent West Branch sightings we wanna hear about Bigfoot discovery days. So, and then we're gonna to wanna to get into some specifics, maybe some questions that my co host have. So, you know, tell us about yourself. Like how many groups do you belong to? Exactly what uh, teams do you belong to over there in West Branch now?
3: Actually, I just belong to the one here. This is a West Branch Bigfoot committee. But I, when I do a report, I've got 133 reports now I do share them with about uh, 14 different Facebook pages, Uh, one YouTube and 14, uh, you know, they all got, well, they have some overlap, I'm sure, but but we only have one group here.
2: Remind me again, where is West Branch?
3: Okay, yeah, West Branch is about 50 miles north of Saginaw Bay City, right up I-75.
2: Oh, okay, okay. I know mm-hmm. where Bay City is. Yep.
3: Yep. Mm-hmm. We're in a very squatchy area. I have discovered. Okay. We got we got lots of lakes. Uh, the other day I was looking. Okmulgee County, which uh, is the county west branch, and it's got 80 lakes.
2: Oh my something gosh! That,
3: something in that neighborhood, of 80 lakes.
2: So the Bigfoot obviously needs a certain kind of environment.
3: Well, I, I consider them to be a swamp creature. Um, okay, the BM found I've heard statements that 80% of it is aquatic materials, roots and, and leaves and stuff from Because uh, you swamp.
2: sometimes think of the Bigfoot being in an isolated, very foresty area, maybe way up in the mountains where there might not be a very swampy environment, but you're saying not so much maybe in these i
3: think i think uh, you take swamps that michigan has you got the cover you got the food you got Mm -hmm. water uh you know they're hidden very well and the fact is most hunters um people who wander do not go in the swamps no very very difficult you know to get to uh well you can get sunk in the in the mud right it's very difficult to go through a thick swampy
1: area. Yeah. Uh, we're getting into some of the specifics, but yeah, you guys are right. You know, Michigan, dense forest, swamps, vast farmlands, plenty of fresh water. We're surrounded by it. We have, you're never more than six miles from a river or stream, you know, we're surrounded by the four, great la- four of the Great Lakes. We have 14 billion trees in Michigan. I don't know who counted them, but <laughs> 20 million acres of forest in Michigan. Uh, 19 million acres are considered timber land. So that's 53%. was once 95% forest. So we're prime real estate for Bigfoot and Dog Man. Do you guys also investigate or take reports for Dogman Man sightings? No, I, <clears throat> I have
3: had very few Dogman reports. Uh, maybe part of it, well, really haven't had many, but the few that I've had, I guess I haven't really recorded them. My interest has primarily been Bigfoot. Okay. So, but, but, but there are some sightings of, of what appears to be a, yeah. a dog. Well, we want to hear on, your on Bigfoot sighting. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that was in 2006. My wife and we I We want to like- hear about Okay. Right. In, two, in 2006, we were going to um, the maritime provinces, New Brunswick, we were going through New Brunswick, we were on a, a Fort lane highway, and there was a uh, opening in the trees, and they got a lot of thick forest out there because they get a lot of rain, and there was somebody walking between two sections of trees, and uh, my wife saw it better than I did, but... <clears throat> we did not see any evidence of uh, plaid uh, shirts, uh, hats, blue jeans, it was all one color. My wife said it had a, a funny gait, which she's never been able to explain, but they do have a different walk than humans. Anyhow, we agreed at the time that uh, we most likely saw Bigfoot, it was in the early afternoon about four or five o'clock. But uh, that sort of got me started. And then and then uh, that fall, there was an article in Detroit Free Press about an expedition up uh, near Marquette by the BFRO. And uh, I recruited two of my sons and a brother, and we went up and camped and went to the, to the expedition. And, and I didn't know it at the time, but my sons made up a, what I call a mockumentary of looking for Bigfoot. It's called the, yeah. Shaw, Big, the Shaw Bigfoot Project. And, and it's funny, you know, they did a good job with it. But, you know, for a number of years, uh, as I it's got in, I, as I got in, have you seen it, Wayne? But anyhow. Yeah, I saw it. Brandon, did you see it? I didn't see it, no. No, oh. I
2: haven't seen it either.
3: Yeah. Oh. And and, then, and to this day, they, they still don't believe it. Something. They still don't believe in Bigfoot, but. Oh, it's funny. That's they incorporated
1: more. some of the
3: Yeah, uh, yeah, Jack Link and and like that. Oh, your sons are are non-believers? Yeah, they still are. No, most of my family and most of my friends just don't don't think it can happen. They they think I'm a little out in in left field, you know. (laughs) Oh, well. I tell my good wife. uh, That's surprising to me. I I tell my good wife, uh, everybody has a right to be wrong, but it ain't me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's
1: yeah and it's, michigan it's, is right up there for bigfoot
3: actually uh i think i years, had us
1: fourth on the list
3: yeah two years ago um <clears throat> uh my wife and i flew to california rented a car went up through the mountains there in oregon and and uh into Washington state. So we got to see the mountains there. But then in the fall, we actually went to North Carolina and visited the mountains there. And I've come to the conclusion that Michigan really has the best habitat in the world. Uh, Both both for a habitat for the Bigfoot, but also for people to see them. Because you know, the mountains are beautiful, but man, they're hard to get up, and then you can fall off when you get there. You know, so <laughs> it's nice. there's there is a lot Absolutely. of beautiful place to hide, but how do you observe them when it's so difficult to, you know, mm-hmm. get into the mountains? We're here, you know, just being driving on the two tracks and whatnot. they in the swamp. They're here. Yeah. Well,
1: you. You've been putting out reports about the Bigfoot sightings. I believe it's in the West Branch area Can yeah, you give I've, us an update on
3: that. <clears throat> yeah, I have only collected stories in the six counties around West Branch, because the fact is, we have a very big state and, um, you know, it's expensive to drive across the state, you know, for, you know, interviews and whatnot. I'm up to one hundred and thirty three incidents now. Um, that was actually this December, and uh, I'm gradually working through the reports, uh, you know, and sharing those It it didn't even occur to me to do that until a year or so ago. And I says I should somehow share these reports because, you know, I got a lot of material a lot of different, um, uh, you know, observations and it is amazing how often the reports are similar though. Um, I have run into what I feel very few hoaxers, people making stories up. I I think people that are brave enough to come forward and talk about it are not usually somebody making something up.
0: Right.
3: So, and they'll often give details that most people wouldn't know.
2: You know. Yeah. 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 I have a question. Yeah. Do you do you feel like during the coronavirus last year more people um actually got interested in in bigfoot research or looking for bigfoot because we had all this time on our hands were people going out have did you see an influx of reports last year or well, prior years
3: maybe that explains it uh, you know we didn't have the personal contact because we've typically had two conferences one Uh, We try to get a really good speakers in the the spring and then one in the fall, which is more of a local speakers. But we couldn't do that last year. Right. But I got some really good reports. People contacted me and maybe maybe that's because they had time on their hands.
2: Yeah, that's what Um, I was wondering. Are you seeing an increase in reports because more people are out into the wilderness? Yeah, I I can't.
3: I can't really gauge it, I think, but I I do say that I was real excited from the reports we did have because because, uh, we've scheduled every two weeks we're going to do an expedition someplace around our area. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, go out and sit in the woods for a night or two and and look at the stars and hope we call in a Bigfoot, which is hard to do, but it's fun.
2: Can you share, like, a really good story of um, one of the incidences that that was reported to you? I mean, something that was just like, oh, my God, this blew my hair back. I can't believe I'm reading this.
3: One of the best actually is a fellow by the name of Tim. Mm-hmm. He actually has got cottages uh, in McKinley. Is, is that is north- in Michigan? That's yeah, up to the east of Mayo, okay. about 10 miles, right along the Osabo River.
2: yeah, I fish there. Yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah. And Tim contacted me and and we went out a couple of times. uh, But he had found prints and he's seen them and he's heard them there in that area. But uh, this actually the second time we went out. um, Well, there's a couple of things that happened there. First of all, he showed us a bunch of telephone poles, wooden telephone poles There's probably 10 of them. Where somebody, and I'm assuming it was Bigfoot,
0: mm-hmm.
3: scratched horizontally in several of the poles. They, they scratched off almost an inch of uh, wood. Um, so like horizontal, yeah. yep, horizontal horizontal scratches, and uh, up about seven feet. Well, if the average average Bigfoot is eight nine feet tall, that would okay. be the right height.
2: And yeah, in, so you figure here. <laughs> it from here yeah this a, is seven foot this yeah, is eight foot
3: yep. and every pole we found long black usually black uh hair so Did
2: somebody collect the hair for dna testing we do but you
3: know it's easier said than done we don't have a lot of money and uh
2: yeah i guess you know, yeah you know
3: really there's a lot and not of money in the area to get stuff like that done yeah i did i did attempt to look at it with a microscope and that's easier said than done too i yeah. think you got to have an electron microscope to look into the air to to see it they say it's much like blonde hair or red hair of um, humans okay but, but that really blew me away i put it on facebook got very little response that other people had seen mm-hmm. that kind of thing um, but also another time he uh, midsummer Uh, there was a tree pine tree in this plantation actually near a, a campground that had been pulled down all the way to the ground. And the top of it had what you would think would be 100 or 200 pounds of moss put on top of it, holding it down. Well, this is right part of a campground up there. And I don't know if the DNR or the campers cut the tree down. And they left the, the moss. The, that moss probably the whole thing didn't weigh more than 10 pounds. But here's a tree that's six and a half inches in diameter at the base. What kind of being could go to the top of this perfectly straight pine tree and pull it to the ground and deform it so it would stay there without any weight, really? That that moss okay. didn't. It looked bulky, but there was no weight to that moss at all oh you know that picture with the
1: uh, telephone pulse with the scratches on yeah
3: it? yep that's I, one i put on yep i shared that
1: to my bigfoot page yeah i was impressed with that because it could
3: not possibly be any sort of a, a buck rub because it was way too oh, high oh, seven feet almost everyone yeah. was seven feet up in the air could not right. be uh <laughs> bear bear would usually do a horizontal i think we did right. fine
2: like this
3: I, yep and I did look for a telephone, um, you know, how they, they walk up a tree, yeah. telephone repairman. And you could see the uh, uh, digs into the into the wood, but they had nothing, they're completely different than the horizontal scratches. Yeah. I think they, you know, they got very strong hands and they were just, for whatever reason, really worked on all those poles. Yeah, I was impressed. It's amazing. Another thing- These
1: trees have these huge boulders up in the way up in the tree. Like something put these boulders up in the tree. And I don't know what the explanation would that be. It would have taken two or three
3: guys to get some of these boulders up. Did you see that picture? I saw the pictures of Val Zavala. Uh, I think you must be on his site there. Michigan Bigfoot reports. He posted some of those i don't know where those pictures came from but yeah you take a big boulder that's that's so big that's that's a lot of weight to put up eight ten foot in the tree
1: right yeah they're way up there yeah. i was impressed with that too uh, there's sure. really no explanation as to what would have happened there we could yep. talk about your uh convention that's coming up or your bigfoot discovery days a little bit and then we can at the end we'll go over the dates again but Who you got coming to this thing? And it's May 15th.
3: May 15th. Yes, we have uh, uh, three speakers. Uh, The one I already mentioned is Ron Moorhead. Right. He was instrumental in recording the Sierra Sounds, which can be Googled. Uh, I've got two CDs of his, and they recorded the Bigfoot um, uh, samurai chatter and just a variety of sounds. Um, now he's from
1: Washington he's actually authored a couple books yeah what voices in the wilderness and the quantum Bigfoot and yes. like I say that thing with the e, the EVPs or whatever the sound recordings of the I didn't I didn't hear
3: that oh yeah that would be in the if you if you uh google uh, Sierra sounds uh, that's what that would be okay yeah and actually the interesting part is I heard them talk like that in our local river, Rifle River, one time years ago. Ah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I was with another fellow, and and uh, I think he went down the river a ways and sat in the dark, very dark. And and a couple of people come up along the river, no flashlight, and they were talking in a foreign language, in the river. And I didn't put a light on them. I I just I. Was, you know, I, th- I think at the time I may, may not have even been aware that they talk like that, but it was this uh, what they call uh, samurai chatter. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, we we used a couple of those in the poem for the intro. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted
3: to ask you if you thought that was legit, and it sounds like you do. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think they have a language. Actually, the second speaker that I think is a very important. Janice carter she's from Tennessee oh yeah her grandfather had habituated some bigfoot near the smoky mountains in the 1940s and 50s and uh, by that he, he actually fed them and, and communicated with them and uh, their his family was quite scared of them but janice actually as as a, a kid got up in the trees and she got I read their book 50 years of bigfoot. And she actually got pictures of them on a, remember the old uh, box cameras? It had no zoom, right? But, you know, so the picture was, you can see them running across the field, but uh, she recorded, well, she she got married, moved away, divorced, moved back, and then she knew this was going on with her grandpa. And uh, she must have contacted uh, Mary Green, who was known as the Tennessee Bigfoot lady, and then, she came and, and recorded her stories, and the, together they wrote the 50 Years of Bigfoot. So Janice is coming. So I think that's incredible to have her coming because, in reading the book, much of the book is very, very s- close to what I see reports of all the time. Very, very similar kind of activities. Then the third okay. speak, third speaker, Sheitan Noar from uh, Michigan. She's a paranormal. Uh, investigators. I think yeah. you may have interviewed her before. A few times. A few yeah. times. Okay. Right. Yes.
1: Cryptozoologist, author
3: right. of right.
2: Yeah. four
1: a books. Sure. Yeah. She's yeah. really interesting. She's got a lot of stories and Bigfoot sure. stories. Yeah. Sure. Uh,
2: She's good. an author as well. Right.
1: Yeah. Dogman stories, uh yep. monster stories.
0: Yeah.
3: I, I haven't really got into the paranormal, but uh, I won't discount it because three of us were up uh, near mile all oh, three or four years ago when we had a very definite orb. It was bigger than a basketball over this lady's lake, a swampy lake. And uh, uh, it turned off just like turning off a light bulb. And this hmm. was very, very big footy area, you know, squatchy area. So I don't discount it. It's just that I haven't had much experience with uh, with uh, paranormal. Yeah, Chetan does
1: some of that, but she also, like, Mothman. she's, yeah, yeah, she's pretty far out. You've got a couple other people, too, someone that you mentioned, uh,
3: Tim and Steve. Yeah, they're, they're the ones there that I was talking about, Tim and Steve, that's, actually, Tim is the one that found a lot of that, Steve is his brother. I took a picture of, that was a tree that they, they would end that bent down and then eventually cut off, um, yeah, and then but, the Scott he, Scott from Whitmore. Yeah, yeah, he he's a young fella contacted me and from Whitmore, and uh, he said he had found a structure. I think his parents had had some some uh, contact with Bigfoot, so they they thought these animals or whatever they are was out there. So I went over and took a hike with him, and and this structure he's pointing at, I mean there's no evidence that could be a deer blind, you know, a hunter blind or a kid's teepee. The logs themselves are too big for a kid uh, to even put together. And this is way back in in a cutover area. So I was sort of blown away. That was a very substantial structure. He got in and he's not a very big person, but he he would barely fit in. There was no place to sit in there. You know, somebody with a lot of ambition put those logs up there, (laughs) you know, and uh, of course, always, people always ask me why they do that. And, and I said, Well, I don't know. If I talk to one out, I'll, I'll ask them, you know, why yeah. they make these structures. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm, I'm getting that close. What's that?
1: I don't know if I'm going to get that close to a Bigfoot.
3: Well, actually, these structures, they leave them. That's actually my program that I'm going to do in May is one actually I did it in Kentucky. <clears throat> Last October, I went down for an expedition. But my most uh, actually uh, positive experience has been the structures I found in this area around West Branch, uh, mm-hmm. where I, I don't think they were deer hunter blinds, they were not kids teepees, you know, there's no beer cans or anything like that. <laughs> Nobody sat in it. There's no way to set. No, at ca- it.
2: no campfires,
3: no campfire, nothing. It's just a bunch of shrubs or you know, uh, branches, trees put in the location. In fact, I was going to go up Saturday, this lady up uh, by Gaylord. Uh, I was up there and looking for antler drops, you know, uh, elk drops. Two years ago, I think it was and and she and her husband went with us and uh, had fun together. But uh, I was going to go up she found a really big structure. I wanted to go up and see it. Well, she just wrote a couple of days ago, she's got COVID. Oh no. Yeah, I'd hope it's not bad, but you know,
2: yeah.
3: I think she does special education and you know, she's got oh. to be uh, isolating for at least a couple of weeks. Oh right? yeah. But I was really looking forward to seeing the structure. It was just humongous, the one she she uh, found. That one actually had an, an interior cavity to it. So it would be interesting to see if there's any kind of human debris, you know. <laughs> that, yeah, send, people,
2: us pic- send us pictures yeah
3: well i don't a know
2: picture
3: i don't know if i'm going to go there's another fellow bow whether he knows how to get to it i may have to wait a month or two
2: yeah well when you go yeah yeah
3: yeah i saw your name
1: was on that list so i was interested if you're going to do a presentation yeah i'm
3: i've done i found about a dozen structures around the area so i'm going to be showing those
1: that's going to be a good a good time mm-hmm. big footers mm-hmm. and then linda
3: palm is on the list it's sure also yeah, she's going to be our uh, town hall, uh, you know, MC to interview people. Hopefully, uh, uh, Tim and, and Scott will both do a little bit of that and talk about their experience because they're, they're not on the agenda directly.
1: Then Linda's
3: going to be on our show in about a month. Oh, is she? Yeah. Yeah. So we can
1: talk Bigfoot again. You yeah. know, Bigfoot goes over well. Oh, does it mm-hmm. they've been patient because we do so much other things we've been doing tarot card readers and mm-hmm. psychics
3: mm-hmm.
1: and a lot of the bigfoot people you know they're only into bigfoot but, yeah but i have 10 or 12 teams that have been following us regular but they're anxious mm-hmm. to talk bigfoot so oh, yeah.
3: yeah yeah so mm-hmm. i think
1: this is going to be well received
3: mm-hmm.
1: i guess we can get into some of the specifics now a little bit more you know, you talked about language, you talked about the sh- samurai chatter, right? You know, they, they had the hoop, mm-hmm. howl, and that a howl that I did was Bobo. And then the second one was actually a female who won the contest.
0: Oh,
3: is that right? Yeah,
1: hers went on a little longer and a little higher. But I thought she did a great job, both of them. I mean, it was a little hard to distinguish between which the first one was Bobo and the second one was the female who won the contest Mm -hmm. but you think that's also legit those that second one the the howl
3: um i i don't remember it exactly i did i've I've been to kentucky three times on expeditions and about three years ago i recorded seven minutes of what i think was a very valid uh, bigfoot uh howl type of thing okay I, i called it a mad ape I think we we built a campfire in the valley, and and I think the Bigfoot we were in his way, and he started howling, and and uh, it was, it was funny. I was watching the fire. I guess my true colors came out there because there was a group of people said, "Well, let's go down there and, and and look at this guy." And I said, "That's okay. I'll stay here and watch the fire. Keep the fire going."
0: <laughs> I,
3: I mean, love. he sounded he sounded like an eight hundred pound ape to me, so I didn't really want to. And I didn't have any gun or anything. But, you know, I I got a good recording. It's been difficult to to share So it. It seems like it's too big to to put on the media, Mm -hmm. or at least with my knowledge base of computers.
1: yeah I repeat that story I'm with you i've been I've been saying the same thing <laughs> the bigfoot tracks are going one direction I'm gonna be going you're the- gonna go <laughs> the other direction
0: that's right <laughs> yeah.
2: well you came all that way you might as well just go look for them right well if
3: you got enough around you know they're gonna be going any holiday. they're not yeah. gonna they're not gonna stick around but other language whistle knocks do you guys do the knocks when you're out in the woods we do some. I don't have a lot of confidence in in the stuff. I uh, you know to me it looks like it's almost happenstance. I uh, I actually I was uh, reading a book by a fellow out in Oregon. I thought he made a lot of sense. Just going out and sitting, and maybe playing some uh, Indian type music, very soothing music. Uh, Sleep under the stars. I I haven't done it much. I tried a little bit last year, but I wonder if that would have just as good effect as banging on the trees, and you know that could be almost yeah. a uh, could be a uh, adverse behavior for them, you know. But if right. you play, they play music. He claims that they'll come up and watch. They love music. They will come up and watch you, you know.
1: Yeah, there's an there's something uh, kind of contradicts itself because I've heard that they're shy. Yeah. But yet they're inquisitive enough to look in your windows.
3: Oh yeah. Yeah. And they love to watch kids. I think kids playing and whatnot uh is you know something they do. They I think they're actually a lonely creature. Okay. And if they're almost human, like I think they are, you know, a young ones, pretty hard for them to mix with people. We don't we don't like big shaggy smelly beasts, you know. So right. <laughs> yeah hey I, Phil,
2: yeah is it is there any truth that if you cook bacon in the morning it'll attract a bigfoot
3: i, I don't know i we've <laughs> we've cooked some bacon Have you heard that one i haven't people do that you know it makes sense sort of you know the,
2: yeah, yeah that's like that's supposedly a way to attract a bigfoot
0: yeah it's got to be hard to resist uh small bacon <laughs> i know <laughs> right that's- right i would, it would attract me
3: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. Bill, there you, you know go. Guys, what's that?
1: You know these guys from my T-shirt. Yeah, yeah. The Upper Peninsula Bigfoot Sasquatch Research Organization. Yeah, they need a longer name. Yeah, yeah. But Rich Meyer and Rich. Uh, Brandon uh, trained up up there with Rich.
0: Oh. Okay. Yeah, with their crew, like they had uh, some like ghost hunting crews up there, and we were going and invest you know they train us how to like investigate for you know bigfoot and stuff like that so yeah
1: and then jim sherman
0: yep he's a character you
1: know jim also
3: (laughs) yes yeah he got some real good recordings uh, east of mount pleasant a few years ago
0: so
1: they're going to be on the show too are they? yeah yep later on so that's
3: good yeah jim has been at our our programs before here yeah
1: yeah, so that's going to be nice. Like I say, because that's what people are wanting. They're wanting these Bigfoot shows. So we're starting yeah. out with you, though. If you're our Bigfoot guy. You're our go-to
3: guy. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, I think there there's a group by Ann Arbor putting on a big one this year, and uh, oh, yeah, there's oh, some right. I got a show.
1: list for the upcoming uh, some some other conferences and stuff that's going on for Bigfoot that we talk yeah. about later. Yeah, but uh, so what do you think? Like we covered language pretty good. I want to get on diet because you did a thing that you put on Facebook about the diet. Mm-hmm. Apparently, somebody has been checking the BM.
3: <laughs> Actually, that's that's a reproduction. Uh, David uh, Becquera, uh is the owner of the Bigfoot Museum north of Atlanta, Georgia. And turns out he's from St. Helen and and I think his folks went from St. Helen to Florida, but that's a reproduction of a BM found out in Oregon. I think Dr. Matthew Johnson is the one that I was talking about going and not doing a lot they'll find you type of thing if you play music, but yeah that's a reproduction and and I posted that because so often some of the experts will get into this discussion what would they eat right. how could they survive but if you read the books and i've only read 100 books so far they <laughs> got 500 ago 100 about oh bigfoot God. yeah oh my gosh yeah oh there's a lot of books out there but uh if you read those books these bigfoot eat just about anything you know they really do and I think aquatic roots and like that would be a prime thing. Maybe I told you there a couple years ago, uh, some friends gave us a bushel of iris roots one year, many years ago. And uh, <clears throat> I used the, the best ones, you know, around our yard, but the pile that was left laid under our 80 foot pine trees and according to our well driller, we sat on 80 or 30 foot of sand here. So extreme shade very little moisture, although except for the pine uh, needles and today that pile of iris has grown to six seven feet in diameter. Wow, and if the irises they're very closely related to cattails water lilies you know there's a whole bunch of different water plants that grow in the water, why wouldn't these plants just produce a tremendous root uh, system that bigfoot could eat mm-hmm. and i think it's fairly good protein actually mm-hmm. irises yeah. don't they have like a bulb oh yeah it's a huge bulb yeah it's it's a yeah you get you'll get a bulb that's oh it's uh six eight inches you know just for one plant it's uh, yeah
2: do six, they spread inches. they spread too oh yeah yeah yeah
3: yeah,
1: yeah. So you said like eighty percent you figure is aquatic or th- or these not your figures? That's
3: what I read. Is the eighty percent of the BM was was uh, aquatic plants, which makes mm. you think you know they got to be from the swamp or that's where they spend a lot right. of a lot of their time. yep. but apparently they're they're meat and potatoes. Oh yeah, they eat everything. They eat anything, small animals. There was a case out in Oregon where a guy was in the mountains. <clears throat> And uh, you come over this ridge and here was three Bigfoot picking rocks out of a scree field that's all rocks the side of the mountain. They were picking these huge rocks that you know some of them were probably 200 pounds setting them aside. And they were looking for hibernated pikas, which are an animal very similar it's sort of they're sort of between a. Uh, uh, um, a ground squirrel and, and a rabbit I think I think they're bigger than our uh, uh, ground squirrels. But they were eating them whole, chop, chop, chop. You know, no, 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 taking the skin off or anything, But they, they were that was like candy. Yep, <laughs> that was like candy to them. In fact, I got a, <laughs> I got a case up, I got a case up here that, that the guy's got a house with a attached lean-to woodshed, and twice he's had the wood wood all thrown out in the yard, when he wasn't there, the wood was not taken. And I think the Bigfoot was in there. Look, by, looking find for chipmunks,
0: mm-hmm. ground
3: squirrels. Yep, hibernating chipmunks. Same same thing. Yeah, nice. I mean, if you if you're going to steal steal if if you're going to back your pickup, you take the wood, right? This wasn't taken. It was just thrown out of the way, and and somebody looking went
2: for something.
3: Looking for something to eat. yep. Mm-hmm. and he's had a number of howls and screams and trees broken by his by his house there. So.
1: Oh yeah. roadkill we talked about that they probably eaten roadkill sure Uh, hopefully not too many women and children
3: (laughs) hopefully not i don't think we have a big big occurrence but i think it can happen you know the the american indians said they were cannibals you know so yeah
1: yeah it's a little bit scary i'm not ready to track some two foot that's
3: that's a small one isn't that two foot print Well, no, I think I think the average male footprint is is they think is about eighteen inches. Okay. And that's probably an eight hundred pound animal. Right. You got if you got 23 inches, you got yeah. You got a uh, probably over a You probably got over a thousand pound animal would be my guess. Oh yeah. That
2: gives a little bit of a visual. Yeah. Right.
1: Very big. I've been posting some that came online yeah. one's in the snow and they yeah. show the toes real real plainly real clear that's yeah one sweet. of my friends is like give them a pair of shoes <laughs> i'm wondering the same thing i mean them toes are just so you could see the toes real plain yeah hmm.
2: so these are yeah. the toes this would be yeah. my finger compared to the big toe sure. that's what it
1: looked like too in the snow
2: yeah yep yeah.
3: I read one time that those people that writer seemed to think that they have pads on their feet, similar to what dogs would have, they might have an inch and a half of pad. On their feet, which is insulating and probably has very, very few nerve endings. I bet they can they can step on a sharp rock and not even notice it, you know right and their foot is hinged in the middle. yeah got a mid tarsal break yep. And I think that's what. That's why they walk so smoothly time and time and again people report they they walk like they were like they were ice skating or or riding a bike you know very smooth we we have we have a quite a jiggle to our walk you know we go up and down because of our arch and our are
0: some people more than others
3: <laughs> yeah some more than others right
1: <laughs> yeah i love this really informative <clears throat> let's let's talk about evidence, like the most compelling, uh, the whole list of evidence that's out there for Bigfoot.
3: Okay. Um, certainly, if you listen to Dr. Meldrum, uh, footprints is a big one for him. Uh, <clears throat> he's got over 300 footprint casts and he's constantly on the Bigfoot shows, uh, showing his footprint casts. Uh, I find Michigan, you know, I I think we found maybe it, eight or t- 10 or something like that here. I think the thing we have here we have so much rain. People don't realize it, but you take in the summertime when you'd most likely find a, fin- a footprint, we have almost every week we'll have an inch of rain, you know, or some heavy rains. And it really wipes out the, the footprint, you know, track. And you take a lot of these two tracks on the in the woods, you know, when you got 50 trucks go through that ground is so hard. You can't hardly dent it you know uh, the the tracks i've seen have been been either in in between the tracks or in a soft area and uh but we have so much material on the ground it's very difficult to find tra- i've never found one myself but i've been to where people have found them oh yeah and, uh, that's yeah. one of the one of the evidences uh structures i feel is good evidence because it's it's something that it's very unlikely people have enough ambition to do vocalizations people hear hear this stuff like uh, Ron recorded
1: yeah hand castings is another one castings
3: yeah
1: body impressions
3: is one that's on this list yeah they got the uh, body impression out there in Oregon that one time I think it's pretty rare you know they had been uh, they put some f- fruit out in the middle sort of a muddy area, and they think one come in and lay down and and but that's almost one once in a kind type type of thing you know to happen, mm-hmm. I think. I bet, yeah. and
1: then scat we we mentioned yeah. that yeah. I don't yeah. want I don't want to be the person that has to be determined what their diet is <laughs> that's
2: I have the- to be, or have to beg
0: the evidence <laughs>
3: Oh beg the evidence, yeah. <laughs> Actually, when actually when my sons and my brother was up there by Marquette, we found some big scat, and, and I put it in a bag. But uh, my wife wasn't real happy I had it in the refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But, it, but I, I concluded it probably was bare, because there was a lot of berries in it, oh. and it, and it wasn't big enough. You take a particularly a full-size male Bigfoot, he'll leave a pile... As big as what a a, a thousand pound horse would 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 leave. Oh yeah, good point. Yeah, they leave a lot. <laughs> they leave You'd a lot. burn
1: that, huh? You'd probably burn it on your fire like they do with the elephant. Could elephants. could
3: yeah yeah right. out, sure.
1: So you mentioned beds or structures. Uh, smell
3: is on my list for evidence. Right. You might I've smell been... them before you see them. I've never experienced it. I think you'd have to be downwind to smell them. And I think you would also have to be near one that hasn't been in the water. You know, if they're really aquatic, and if they have any sense of cleanliness, and they they go into the rivers, they could be as clean as you and I would be without the deodorant. But if, if you're if you're taking a Bigfoot that has recently killed a deer. On a hot summer day and he doesn't eat it all in one sitting and uh, he hasn't jumped in the lake lately you're going to have exactly what they say they smell like a lot of times they say it's between a dead body and a bad outhouse. And that's, (laughs) and that's exactly what they'd smell like. But, but on the other hand, if you got them if they've been in the river looking for fish or crayfish, they may be very clean but I think you'd have to be downwind of them, you know, you wouldn't smell them if you could see them, but if they're upwind of you. Yeah, yeah. A skunkate. Not gonna, not gonna smell names. them. There's so many different names.
1: Yeah. You know, for Bigfoot and uh, Sasquatch, there's the Ohio Grassman, mm-hmm. Kentucky has Kentucky Bearilla. I'm not exactly mm-hmm. sure if that's a dog man or a Bigfoot. Uh, the Ojibwa Indians called it the wild man or mm-hmm. stinky beast and the Chinese call it wild man. That's what I call my buddy, wild man. <laughs> uh, the, but in the Himalayas, they, now they've got a different name. Is it a different, is it something different in the Himalayas, the Yeti? Is that the same
3: thing? I think it's basically the same thing. The uh, the publicity is the, the ones found on the mountains in the snow. In fact, the prints that you see of that, they, they had two big toes you know, not just one big toe but two. Oh. And, uh, but I think you know, the Himalayas is the biggest mountain range in the world. Uh, it's got just a humongous uh, climate uh, changing. Um, I, I think I think they're really in the swamps and in, in the woods, you know, more, I mean, what's to eat up there on the mountainside in the snow, you know, I'm probably small animals but i i I think mostly they're in in the swamps and like that that's what people want to know though you know everybody
1: the areas have special names for them but they want to know is it the same thing
3: yeah well i think they can vary just like humans you know we got pygmies we got uh, some of the uh african tribes are very tall um so, you know and of course we got different colors and you know so i think they can have a variety so I think one. my
1: brother is sasquatch because he's he's hairy enough
3: <laughs> yeah
1: he's short he's shorter but he's he's awful hairy He could be part sasquatch and <laughs> with the covid i started turning into a sasquatch
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm
3: getting
1: awful hairy
3: my father-in-law had a lot of hair he, he, he had hair all over his body but not to quite the extent of a of a bigfoot but. talking about and you mentioned a
1: little bit already the color you know is is it vary and then is it difference between male female young old i
3: guess i don't think they really know but i think the older ones can turn white oh there was one seen up here by mile um these people were it was after a forest fire there so you wonder if they'd been in the the ash but they said it was white. But there's been other reports of them being white, so. Would that be
2: like gray hair for us then? Could,
3: could be, could like be. Like an
2: older? Older one, yeah, yeah. Developing gray hair. But,
3: but a lot of times they're reported to be reddish, a reddish okay. color,
2: yeah. Mm.
3: Yeah, the one, one of the more recent reports we had was uh, just north of St. Helen here uh, in deer season. I had two reports during deer season this last fall one a a pretty big one ran across the road just north of st helen which is near west brant between us and uh, Houghton lake and he said it had a lot of hair and uh i think he said that was dark and reddish had a reddish Hmm. tinge to him yeah
1: that's interesting yeah yeah see my hair used to be
3: uh (laughs) quite dark darker than it is now oh yeah (laughs) i know the feeling
1: okay (laughs) i could see that happening or a, a silverback ape you know.
2: Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. As yeah, they, they change, as they get
1: older, grayer. Sure. Seems to be working with me that way. <laughs> <laughs> you guys uh, got any more specific questions?
2: Um. Yeah. Actually, why? How did the naming of the sounds come about? Like the Sahara sound, I believe, originated because of the Sahara Mountains. Yes. Yes. So yes. can you explain what the other, I forget what it was now, but there was the oh, oh,
3: sa- sa- Samurai chatter.
2: I have no idea what that means.
3: Well, I think it's uh, taken from the words of, of what you call uh, the Japanese during the mm-hmm. World War II. Uh, the samurai had a, had a, uh, you know, oriental lilt to their voice. Okay. and. Uh, uh, so I think that's where it comes from, where the Sierra Sounds, uh, Ron Moorhead and his friend yeah. or, and and family, actually a brother or two, went up in there, and uh, that was in the High Sierras, so that we call the Sierra Sounds.
2: So what's the difference between the two?
3: Oh, the Sierra Sounds is is uh, um, I would say that means the wide range between howls and screams and okay. and, and and including Samari chatter. Samurai chatter, but the samurai chatter itself is more of the talk. I think hmm. that's where they're they're
2: okay. talking. So that's more of a communicative type thing right? where right. the other one is maybe like, this is my territory, I'm Could helping. Be. It's more of a, like, keep away, a Could warning be. per se.
3: Right, right.
2: Okay, that makes think, more sense now.
3: Yeah, they also whistle. I think the thing that's under, underrated is they whistle more than people realize they have a very Hmm. well they have a big chest when you think about a male bigfoot Mm -hmm. they're basically four times bigger than an average 200 pound man yeah 800 pounds so the lung
2: capacity oh my
3: goodness we have we have about two liters of air capacity in our lungs they would have eight liters of air right a lot of times the chest itself is is seen to be four to feet you know uh, four feet wide, and very deep. Yeah. And, and, and yes, and very deep. So, you know, uh, the the vocal capacity of, of the Bigfoot. In fact, they think the, uh, that they have what they call a infrasound,
0: um, yeah,
3: much like lions, uh, elephants, whales, uh, they they have such a large uh, uh, vocal tract, they can actually make sounds below what we can hear really yeah and it can and if if you're they call it being zapped and if they zap somebody uh you can fall right down it can make you physically ill they wonder if they use that to capture animals sometimes you know they disorient them and uh
2: so they can make a sound almost so, silent silent oh, yeah we
3: wouldn't we wouldn't hear it but it would upset us yeah.
2: And to make us drop like a lot.
3: Well, you can really, really uh, make us feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. I've Mm -hmm. got a friend. He's one of the big footers from uh, Ernie far. uh, Ernie Fargo, actually, he lives near Ann Arbor, but he has got property. His family's got property up by Atlanta. He claims he was out one time and his friend got hit with a zap and just knocked him right to the ground. So, and that's pretty
1: incredible.
3: Yeah, a lot of people don't realize it, but that's actually you hear these stories where the the Cubans uh, interfered with some of our ambassadors in in our, uh, like that I don't know if you've seen stories about that I think the Russians and the Cubans, and we probably have the same capability of using infrasound such that it can upset, you know, people's apple cart you might say or psyche yeah. yeah same kind of thing
0: yeah it's done like in one of the embassies i know there were reports yeah. that, like yeah. our military did it in the gulf war oh did they the Iraqis. Yeah. i've heard stories of that happening too
3: well it wasn't too long ago the cubans mm-hmm. did that with one of our embassies and there was a bunch of our our uh, um, ambassadors that were sick from it
0: mm-hmm.
3: so i think it's the same kind of thing the doctors used
1: sound to melt my nerves in my back really no <laughs> oh, way oh yeah so is, sound can be very powerful if you hit the right
3: frequency well is that similar to microwave in that case is that a microwave like you cook your food with
1: yeah well they didn't stick me in a microwave but uh, <laughs> I, <hope not.
3: laughs> I think you know yeah this, you know you warm your food up with a microwave you know how's that oh, happening right yeah. yeah you get the right
1: frequency yeah that that's pretty amazing too. That they would have that ability. That would keep anybody from getting too close to them.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, Maybe that accounts for the reasons why there's not a whole lot of sightings. Could because be. if they zap you, you're never going to be able to get close to them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, they could. Figure,
0: be, I, I figure too. If you're getting disoriented like that, you probably you know, but like that might make you question too, kind of what you experience because you might be thinking well, maybe i'm dehydrated or you know right. something, there's or something food else. poisoning
2: oh, yeah. or something i think mm-hmm. it's
3: worse i think people can it can be worse than that they can be psychologically mm-hmm. uh, uh, messed up from it actually wow. if they, if they, they do it very severely yeah mm-hmm. they haven't them, even had any wine coolers yet right right make them <laughs> physically throwing up and stuff like that actually they can do that Right. Yeah. Well, Brandon may be going on
1: Bigfoot hunt. I don't know. So I'm wondering what should he be taking in his Bigfoot kit?
3: Hmm. <laughs> uh, pepper spray. Uh, pepper spray. wouldn't hurt. <laughs> That's
2: what yeah.
3: yeah, I was just talking to my brother today, you know, for home defense, actually bee spray uh, that sprays, you know, for wasp. Oh, actually, yeah that's actually a i've read that before that's really a pretty good defense because okay. if you spray that from 10 15 feet away in somebody's eyes the only only way you you know you have to wash your eyes with water to get that out of your eyes yeah so that would be a good defense in itself brandon got up there in the up
1: with rich meyer and they were having some other they're having like seeing lights out in the woods and oh. I kind of like
0: you were talking about with the orbs, like we had the ghost yeah. groups and the Bigfoot groups, and we're seeing, you know, like light orbs, which like a lot of it, like Todd Clemens and Mackinac Island, like a lot of people identify them as fairy lights. And that's what we were seeing a bunch of that when we were up there. But it's kind of stuff with the paranormal. I kind of wonder if you have, because a lot of times, if you, because you have two different groups that investigate two different things, you know, and we're going up there for Bigfoot, and all of a sudden we're seeing something else. So I think it's almost kind of, you start pulling at one rope, now you're pulling at another thread, and then, some, you know, you get a third category all of a sudden, pop up.
3: Certainly, there's a lot of crossover. A lot of your Bigfooters mm-hmm. think think there's a connection, and sometimes even to UFOs, you know, so. Yeah. You know, right. I've yeah. had a couple of reports where a UFO was present at the time. Oh, did you? In yeah. West Branch area? Actually, Rose City. This guy, years ago, he was traveling from Clear Lake, which is to the west from Rose City, and uh, he saw a hairy man standing along the road, and as he got near, he looked, and there was a, a a classical UFO sitting there. And as he looked, the UFO, you know, just took off, just bam, gone right now. And then the bigfoot went into the woods. Okay, we're going to so bring that com- up again in a com- again. Com- But that's about the only report that I've ever had uh, like that, you know. But uh,
1: we we actually need to move into the into the show. The shout outs. And then our last guest was from Arkansas, Tyra Clark from Arkansas. Yep. Arkansas X Files. They mm-hmm. do a little bit of uh, different things. They have the Bigfoot. Oh, yeah. The aliens. and Aliens, the military. yeah. Interesting yeah. stuff. They, they do different things. And I told her because their border is the Mississippi River. Sure. And I told them what you said, Phil, that maybe those Sasquatch are like in that river down in caves underneath the water. Sure. I've been they, passing
3: that. They love fish and, and you you take a big river, they're gonna be undercuts, you know, in the bends there. So I keep asking people if they, anybody got some wetsuits, we go looking for them, but I haven't gotten any takers yet, so. <laughs> you might want to carry a pretty good caliber gun on your uh hip you know if you're if you're yeah, doing that but <laughs> I, oh i'm
1: glad you brought that up the hunting season that they came up with i posted that too oh uh, that's what is that oklahoma where is yeah,
3: that yeah oklahoma i think yeah. They, yeah, they got
1: a bill they want to have a hunting season for bigfoot and i got really upset about it because i've been saying We need bills to protect these things, Right. these things that there aren't very many of. We need to protect aliens and Bigfoot and Dogman and Mothman. Mm -hmm. Instead, this guy's got a bill to hunt them. But I found out after I read into it more, it's a twenty five thousand dollar reward to trap Bigfoot, not to kill them. It's not a license to
3: kill. Oh, I thought it was more like two million dollars. Oh. Well, but i i think it's over two million dollars now that they're they're offering to
1: it to, it may be uh, the bill calls for a 25k uh prize and it was justin humphrey huh. from oklahoma oh, but our, a new bill that I, it was upsetting i posted it in in, in my group
0: well, the, well a lot of that too it's more it's not really like a belief in bigfoot thing like a lot of them they do it because they know it's Become a big like like ghost hunting is where it's all of a sudden become very popular. So you pass that bill to try to make it to get the tourist money in there to get people yeah. to go in there looking for Bigfoot for that purpose. Like that's the yeah. reason why they're doing it.
1: Yeah, they're trying to raise all the money. I think yeah. there's other ways of doing it.
0: Yeah. So
1: a shout out to Tyra, Arkansas X Files, Todd Clements, mackinac Island Authority. Uh, we had him on our other show, and I did an article for WKTV Newsfeed on Todd Clements of Mackinac Island. And what is out he, out, is do it, you know Todd?
3: No, I don't. Is that Bigfoot that he's set in?
1: No, it's ghosts and, well, it's oh, fairies oh. and all the different things oh. around the island. No Bigfoot. Yep.
3: Oh, okay. Oh.
1: And then Linda Pomeranke, a shout-off to her, because we're going to have her on, along with Rich Meyer and Jim, are going to be on later on in the fall. hmm so upcoming, we want to talk. We want to mention what you got going again. The
0: date,
1: yeah. yeah, it's a it's,
3: big it's May fifteenth. May fifteenth. That's a uh, if you if you see the flyer, and we we'll, we've been putting it posting it in a lot of Facebook, and I'll be putting more out. Um, but you can you can get the tickets. They're twenty five dollars a person, and since it's in a pavilion outdoors. Uh, we'll have all the equipment and the show inside, but people might want to bring along a, a lawn chair, There's probably 40 or 50 picnic tables there, but uh, so, which people could use, but uh, they could, you know, might be more comfortable set on a picnic table or a, a, a chairs, you know, lawn chairs, because it's an all day event and uh, be a lot more comfortable in a, in a lawn like chair. Fun. Yeah. yeah i am open for good weather because we're going to be outside so we'll hope we have good weather yeah Noir, our friend is going to
1: be one of the speakers mm-hmm. got some really good speakers some authors yeah that's going to be a good time now upcoming for us we have rebecca Smuck coming from motor city medium into the month and then april that's when we have linda Pomranki is in april but there's some other conventions sasquatch conventions uh Longview, Washington, July 30th, Sasquatch Fest. Uh, Michigan Bigfoot Conference and Chitan's gonna be at that one in Ann Arbor. That's July 17th. That's, that's the
3: one, yeah.
1: Right, mm-hmm. you mentioned that one. Mm-hmm. And then uh, so like I said, there's a couple more. So that's good. This stuff can happen this year, hopefully. I I get my second dose of the vaccine.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: in a couple days, so I'm, yeah, yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm glad that this is going to move on, get out of this thing. Final thought, and we we hit on it a little bit already. I want everybody to weigh in on this. Now, what type of being, being do you think Bigfoot is, the, the origin? You know, is there a connection between these UFO sightings? So could is it part alien? Maybe they got left behind. That's what I put on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I know when oh. I was late for the ship, to Wisconsin, they didn't wait for me. No. If you're late, they don't wait. So oh. I don't know if they came down here and some Sasquatch were out looking around, they didn't make it the ship back or what? No. <laughs> what, back. what do you guys think? What's the origin? You know, is it just biological? Mm-hmm. Brandon, you want to start with this?
0: It's a very complex one. I think there are paranormal hotspots. And I think there may be some, like something's maybe interdimensional like Bigfoot and aliens, they may, maybe areas where they can kind of cross back and forth, kind of like a portal type of area. And I think there are, you know, cause there's like a lot of areas where you have ghost reports, Bigfoot, you know, and everything else. So there's I think, there's definitely areas that are weirder than others, <laughs> so to speak. Okay. And I think some of the Bigfoot stuff could be, you know, cause we have human ghost experience and some of the Bigfoot stuff could be, you know, as well. I think it's a living animal, but I think some of it may very well be like you're seeing the ghost or the recording of it like we do with people as well.
1: Very political answer. (laughs) Yeah,
2: (laughs) That's Brandon for you. Yeah, like I said,
0: I gotta wait every possibility. I don't try to get bogged down in, this is the the only way I think I I gotta keep all the the avenues open.
2: I'm
1: with you, I think. Kim, what do you
0: think?
2: Well, I think I'm gonna take the opposite approach. I actually do not think there have a paranormal um, connection whatsoever I think probably this um, creature or species has been on this planet for potentially since prehistoric times and have maybe evolved over time. You know, maybe it was a different animal way back when, and then it kind of evolved into this mammoth, eight foot tall creature that was some maybe other species at one point in time or another, maybe it came from a bear. I don't know. You know, maybe it was some sort of prehistoric human that evolved into this creature. Um, I guess I'm, I'm kind of taking that approach.
1: Okay.
3: Well, Phil, you're our Bigfoot guy. Well, I agree with you guys, you know, it's really hard to tell the uh, DNA testing that, uh, uh, Melba Ketchum did would indicate they're very, very close to human, and and that was probably, could have been a human hybrid going back 15, 20,000 years, mm-hmm. and certainly the nature of the animal with the big long arms, the big, big uh, um, chest muscles, often going on all fours, uh, it could be, they are sort of a cross between human and ape. Because apes mm, yeah. pretty much, pretty much are quadrupeds, whereas we're mostly, uh, 100% bipeds. Mm-hmm. But I, I think these are uh, uh, do both a lot. So, it's yeah, you mix in the UFO. You know, it's uh, it seems like there's. Uh, uh, certainly evidence of about all of it you know and mm-hmm. and of course i saw that i and his other couple guys saw an orb you know so what's that you know there's just yeah. no way that was swamp ga- gas you know mm-hmm. so it's uh anybody i know
1: think? yeah i know there are reports the same time they're seeing bigfoot they're seeing ufos yeah but i think they're biological and i don't think they're supernatural although they have some maybe some qualities that we don't understand yet with this sound. But I think they're a biological creature, maybe the missing link. Yeah,
3: maybe uh,
1: definitely definitely related to humans. But I hope that this is gonna clear up in the near future. That there's gonna be enough evidence come forward that we're gonna clear this up. So we might have to check back with you, Phil.
2: <laughs>
3: I'm I'm inclined to think uh You know, there's plenty of evidence already that these these animals, these beings exist. Mm -hmm. Actually, I've read several times that uh, there's more evidence right now of the existence of Bigfoot, than what it would take to convict a person to be put in prison for life. You know, when, when you look at the footprints, the hair, the vocalizations, the sightings, when you put that all together and that's, that's, that's what I have documented is all this different stuff because I think it all counts uh, The structures, uh, you know, in a court of law that that would be, you know, complete, you know, no right. question. Or, you don't need a body really right, yeah, but the problem is most people won't take the time to study it.
1: Yeah, well, the so, definition of cryptozoology is the unsubstantiated yeah, but right. they a lot of people that are substantiating this there's a lot of evidence like you. oh say.
3: my goodness you read story after story after story you know where people have had encounters of one si- sort or another it's just amazing yeah.
1: so inspirational thought then the show's over we're actually over an hour mm-hmm. um and this inspirational thought comes from george bernard shaw same name <laughs> so are you irish
3: uh i don't think so well, you might not be related to George. I don't have red hair. Of course, I don't have a whole lot of hair, period. But uh, <laughs> yeah. it, it used to be blonde, but you can't tell now. Well,
1: George Shaw was a politi- uh, playwright and political activist. And he writes, we don't stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing. Yeah. Mm. Well, Phil, I guess you and I are going to be young forever. Yeah. You want to keep
3: playing. Right, right, yep. I, I tell people you know I I just love the hobby, you know, you know it's it's a it's a great hobby. The it's trouble is time. people take it too serious, I think sometimes, you know, particularly the naysayers, you know, they think oh, you're yeah. crazy, you know and you know well we try to keep it on the light side here. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs>
1: Wayne Thomas from Grand Rapids, Phil Shaw from West Branch. Kim Colleen from Holland. Mm -hmm. Brandon Jose from Byron Center, Michigan. Great Zoom show, thanks guys. Thank you. Peace out.
3: Fun time, okay.
1: Family-owned Palermo Pizza underwrites this episode of Grand Rapids Ghost Hunters Paranormal Podcast, located at 901 Gazan Parkway, Southwest Wyoming, and available at 616-531-8300. The opinions expressed in the preceding program are those of the producer, and not
0: necessarily those of WKTV Community Media.